Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Mm. Yes, I am so happy to be sharing with you today. So glad we can connect by means of this podcast. Oh my goodness. Today we're talking about letting go of false idols. And I feel very grateful for this topic I haven't done a whole episode on this topic, so here we go. This will be fantastic. I know it. (laughs) And I am grateful that we can choose to let go of false idols. So let's begin with a blessing and a prayer, like we always do. And if you hear any noise in the background, that is my new puppy, whose name is Bodie. And uh, she is adorable, of course. All puppies are adorable. And uh, she is sitting by my side, and she is chasing bully sticks and figuring out blankets and toys and generally being puppyish. So if you hear her, that's what's happening in the background. (laughs) She's very cute. Okay. So let's do this prayer. Blessing. So grateful to place my hand on my heart and to recognize the infant spirit of love, the infinite spirit of love awaken alive in our hearts and in our minds. We are inseparable from the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the freedom of God. How grateful I am to speak this word of prayer, to know and remember the truth. So grateful to consciously attune together to let go of all false idols, all false beliefs, anything that could stand in the way of our awakening. We are grateful to let the past go. We are grateful to recognize that we are the beloved of the beloved. And in gratitude, we simply let it be. We let the healing be. We share the benefits with our brothers and sisters, every single one of them, no one left out. And in gratitude, we say, and so it is, amen, amen, amen. (laughs) We are blessed. We are blessed. It's true. We are blessed. So let us accept our blessings right here, right now. We're letting go of false idols. What does that mean? So false idols are the things that we make more important than our divinity, than our connection with spirit, than our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Anything we make more important than God That becomes a false idol, something for us to let go of, because it's an impediment to our spiritual growth and awakening. It's a distraction. It's something that we have decided is more important than the only thing that's happening. So... All false idols will ultimately fall away, and the quicker we can give them up rather than have them taken from us, the sooner we will be at peace. So if you read the development of trust section in the Manual for Teachers of A Course in Miracles, that chapter four, it's just two pages, so helpful to us. But it it talks about when we value things that are not valuable, when we do this, when we make things more important than God, What it leads to is all these distortions, all these distractions. And so the higher Holy Spirit self is going to help us out by removing them from our experience. But it can feel like they're being taken away, like they're being ripped away. And the gift really is that we're working with the Holy Spirit 
to remove the distractions. So for me, if I can say to that higher Holy Spirit self, I'm letting these things go. All the false idols, every single one of them, I offer them up for healing. It doesn't mean we have to let go of our pets. It doesn't mean we have to let go of our loved ones. It doesn't mean we have to let go of our homes and our cars and our jobs, our bodies, and all the things that we've made more important than God. All it means is that we get into right relationship. We become right-minded. We restore our awareness so that we can realize what things are for and what's valuable and what's not valuable. So this is a divine opportunity that we have every day to clear the clutter. One of the most beautiful metaphors I think that there is in the Course is the metaphor of the heart is the altar of God. Our heart, your heart, my heart are the altar of God. Think of Lesson 104, which is, I seek but what belongs to me in truth. And here Jesus says to us, Today's idea continues with the thought that joy and peace are not but idle dreams, I-D-L-E. They are your right because of what you are. Peace and joy are our right because of what we are. We are the beloved of the beloved. We are part of God. They come to you, peace and joy, come to you from God, who cannot fail to give you what he wills. Yet, must there be a place made ready to receive his gifts? So we have to make a place ready in us to receive the gifts that Spirit is giving to us. So the gifts have already been given. We could think of them as waiting to be delivered, but they've already been shipped. (laughs) But they can't be delivered until we make a place within our own heart and mind that's ready for them. He says, they are not welcomed gladly by a mind that has instead received the gifts it made where gods belong as substitutes for them. So the false idols are the gifts that we made. They clutter up our altar, our heart, and then there's no room for the gifts that God would give to us. Paragraph 2 here of Lesson 104, he says, Today we would remove all meaningless and self-made gifts which we have placed upon the holy altar where God's gifts belong. God's are the gifts that are our own in truth. God's are the gifts that we inherited before time was and that will still be ours when time has passed into eternity. His are the gifts that are within us now for they are timeless and we need not wait to have them. They belong to us today. Therefore, we choose to have them now and know in choosing them, in place of what we made, we but unite our will with what God wills and recognize the same as being one. So think of that. By accepting the gifts of God, we're uniting our will with God. We can no longer then feel that we're playing small and living in lack and limitation. When we have false idols that we're holding in our heart as dear and special, then there's no room for the gifts of God because we've cluttered up the altar space. One of the things in my daily prayer, which in case you don't know, I record a prayer every day and I publish it through my daily shot of spiritual espresso, my daily inspiration, written inspiration, also includes a link to the prayer. There's a prayer for today podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
like this one, search for Jennifer Hadley. You'll find the Prayer for Today podcast. Thousands of prayers right there for you. All kinds of topics. I've been doing the prayer for today since spring of 2007. So about 14 years, more than 14 years. So that's a whole lot of prayers. They're not all in the podcast, but the last few years are. And so in my daily prayers, I often will talk about the holy altar fire of God's love. So we place in our heart on the holy altar fire of God's love things that we'd like to have burned away, not in a painful, searing burning away, but in the gentle, dissolving, resolving way. So there doesn't have to be any surgery. There doesn't have to be any kind of painful removal process. When we willingly hand these things over to the Holy Spirit. Later in this lesson, he says, I seek what but what belongs to me in truth, and joy and peace are my inheritance. So that's a wonderful affirmation for us. I seek but what belongs to me in truth. That's the lesson for the day. But then he adds in this sentence, and joy and peace are my inheritance. Then lay aside the conflicts of the world, that offer other gifts and other goals made of illusions, witnessed to by them, and sought for only in a world of dreams. All this we lay aside and seek instead that which is truly ours as we seek to recognize what God has given us. We clear a holy place within our minds before God's altar, where God's gifts of peace and joy are welcome and to which we come to find what has been given us by God. We come in confidence today, aware that what belongs to us in truth is what God gives. And we would wish for nothing else, for nothing else belongs to us in truth. So do we clear the way for God today? by simply recognizing that God's will is done already and that joy and peace belong to us as God's eternal gifts. We will not let ourselves lose sight of them between the times we come to seek for them and where God has laid them. I seek but what belongs to me in truth. Hmm... Isn't it beautiful that the gifts of God have already been given to us? That there's really nothing more we can ask for. There's nothing more that God can give us. We've already been given the full load. Let us accept it. Let us receive it. Let us be thankful for it. And yet, instead because we feel guilty, because we feel unworthy, we choose to make substitutes for God's infinite gifts and God's love. And those are the false idols that we cherish in our heart and that distract us from our awakening, from our remembrance of the truth of our life and being. And so if we can look at it all as a crazy game that we decided to play and that there's no winner, there's no loser. It is just like going through a maze where there's no prize. Yet, we do come through the wiser for it. So, let's Give up the false idols, even if we do not know what they are. That does not matter. To me, I have learned the value of saying to the Holy Spirit, 
whatever is causing this difficulty I'm having right now, whatever is the challenge in my heart, in my mind, in my experience, whatever I am cherishing that is no longer of value, never had a value, take it from me. I offer it freely, willingly, gratefully. I'm so grateful that you can take it from me. Clear my mind. Open my heart. This is what I'm choosing. And we don't have to know how to do the healing. We simply allow the healing to happen. I think we can easily see how we can make people in our life false idols that we cherish them, love them, worship them more than we do God. And that we can do the same thing with the body temple. And it's a giant distraction. In chapter 20, section 6, it it is uh, the section called the Temple of the Holy Spirit. And it talks about the body is the ego's idol. And it talks about how idols will ultimately disappear that because they're nothing. They have no power. They are nothing and nothing again. This is the thing about false idols like the body and the relationships that are the special relationships. They simply are a way of running from God, running from spirit, running from the truth. We've been running from the very thing that is our liberator. (laughs) It's crazy, right? So the body is the ego's idol. The belief in sin made flesh and then projected outward. This produces what seems to be a wall of flesh around the mind, keeping it prisoner in a tiny spot of space and time, beholden unto death, and given but an instant in which to sigh and grieve and die in honor of its master. And this unholy instant seems to be life. An instant of despair, a tiny island of dry sand bereft of water and set uncertainly upon oblivion. Here does the Son of God stop briefly by to offer his devotion to death's idols and then pass on. And here he is more dead than living feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? That we are more dead than living. Yet it is also here he makes his choice between idolatry and love. So think of that. What would you prefer to have in your experience? Idolatry or love? Think about, have you ever had someone seemed to worship you, but they didn't really know you. They didn't really love you. They didn't really get you. You could tell from the get-go that they were projecting onto you some image, some false idol, and then thinking you represented that false idol, that projection, And they are seeming, in their mind, to love you, to worship you. But 100%, it's an illusion. It's a delusion. They do not recognize you or see you at all. I've been in relationship with folks from time to time, uh, particularly when I was younger, that people would look at me 
and think I was something that I wasn't. Uh, and they would say, well, you think this, you feel that, and I um, didn't think those things, didn't feel those things. And it was so confusing to me, who are they thinking they see? They are not seeing me at all. Sometimes people will approach me and say, I know this or that about you. Uh, And it's often, it's just projections. Really? I I think, oh, I don't know why you seem to quote, know, end quote, that about me when that is not a fact about me. That is not something that I'm experiencing. But okay, you're believing it. You're seeing it. You're experiencing it. Now what? So would we rather be idolized by someone who really doesn't know us, is only seeing their fantasy of us, only seeing their projection of us? That's not love. Why would we want that? So when we're idolizing people, and it's so valuable to look at our relationships our friends, our family, our loved ones, our pets, our homes, all of it, is there idolatry happening? Because I have seen people go through intense grieving over shifts and changes in their body, shifts and changes in their relationships, shifts and changes in their assets, all kinds of things, where they're grieving what they feel is a loss. But what they can't see yet is it's not a loss when a false idol is seemingly taken from us. It's a gift. The gifts of God are ours today. We cannot think of it this way. So our heart is the altar of God. There's only so much room there, is basically what Jesus says to us in several places in the course. There's a finite amount of space in our heart, let's say. And if it's covered with all these things that we worship that are illusions and projections and fantasies, where is there room for us to have that heart connection with spirit. There is no room. We're distracted. We're putting our attention elsewhere. And then we wonder, why am I not having a healing? Why am I not having spiritual awakening? Why am I not happy? Why is this so hard for me? It's because we've made other things more important And it is so easy to make the body more important than spirit. It's so easy to do that. I think about it on a regular basis. I check in because I check in with spirit because I am doing things in my day-to-day regimen that I just wonder, well, do I need to keep doing this? Is this a false idol? So, for instance, um, I do things like I drink a quart of lemon water every morning, first thing. I got this from the medical medium. I drink a quart of celery juice after my lemon water. And so those things take time. They take energy, they take money, they take attention and intention. Are they false idols? Am I idolizing the body by doing those things? Am I making the body special? Can I give it up? Will I feel a loss? What does it represent to me? Essentially, I look at it this way. I am going to be eating food every day. I'm going to be drinking liquids every day. And so my goal is to check in 
and eat what makes sense to me as a spiritual being. And what do I feel like eating? So the other day, I when I went to pick up Bodhi the puppy, I got to go to a Whole Foods. So I one of the things I picked up there was a cheese Danish, a thing of cheese Danish. I happen to really like cheese Danish. I don't have cheese Danish once a year, but I saw it and I thought, get that. Okay, I will get that. I um, I did, and I enjoyed the cheese Danish. <laughs> and it was no sin. I knew it was nutritious. It was good for me. I enjoyed it. It was delicious with coffee. End of story. <laughs> no false idols. And that's the way I like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's time for me to take a break. And... I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. We are talking about letting go of false idols. This is a very valuable spiritual practice. It's about clearing the altar space in our heart, making room for God, clearing the clutter clearing away anything that distracts us from our recognizing that we are already as holy as holy can be. And we are not interested in distracting ourselves with anything. We're interested in awakening and knowing that it is happening now. There are some very beautiful things in this section in chapter 20. It's section 6, the temple of the Holy Spirit. So remember that the, the false idol of the ego is the body. And in paragraph 5 here, it says, The Holy Spirit's temple is not a body, but a relationship. It's the Holy The body is an isolated speck of darkness, a hidden secret room, a tiny spot of senseless mystery, a meaningless enclosure, carefully protected, yet hiding nothing. Here, the unholy relationship escapes reality and seeks for crumbs to keep itself alive. Here it would drag its brothers, holding them here in its idolatry. Here it is safe, for here love cannot enter. The Holy Spirit does not build his temples where love can never be. Would God, who sees the face of Christ, choose as his home, the only place in all the universe where it cannot be seen? You cannot make the body the Holy Spirit's temple, and it will never be the seat of love. It is the home of the idolater, the one who worships idols, and of love's condemnation. For here is love made fearful, and hope abandoned. Even the idols that are worshipped here are shrouded in mystery and kept apart from those who worship them. This is the temple dedicated to no relationships and no return. Here is the mystery of separation perceived in awe and held in reverence. Then in paragraph 7, Jesus says, Idolaters, those who worship false idols, are idolaters. 
Idolaters will always be afraid of love, for nothing so severely threatens them as love's approach. Let love draw near them and overlook the body, as it will surely do, and they retreat in fear, feeling the seeming firm foundation of their temple begin to shake and loosen. So, idolaters will always be afraid of love. Is that what we would choose? To be afraid of love forever? So let's say to the Holy Spirit, Okay, I'm done with false idols. So show me how to surrender any attachment to false idols. Make it plain. Make it clear. Let me see in my awareness every trace of false idols that can be surrendered, can be healed. I give it up freely now. Whether I know what it is, I recognize what it is or not, I am letting it go and I am grateful to let it go forever. And please share the benefits with my brothers and sisters. Let all beings rise up. I am choosing love. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. In paragraph 9, idols must disappear and leave no trace before their going. The unholy instant of their seeming power is frail as is a snowflake, but without its loveliness, without the loveliness of the snowflake. Is this the substitute you want for the eternal blessing of the holy instant and its unlimited beneficence? Is the malevolence of the unholy relationship so seeming powerful and so bitterly misunderstood and so invested in a false attraction, your preference to the holy instant, which offers you peace and understanding? Then lay aside the body and quietly transcend it, rising to welcome what you really want. So that's it. Choosing the holy relationship instead of the special relationship. All false idols are special relationships. Here's a question. Since the body is the unholy relationship of the ego, the false idol of the ego, can we care about the body temple, care for the body temple, without thinking of it as a false idol? So, in other words, can we exercise to feel healthy? For instance, right now, I am just starting my end my self-sabotage six-week challenge and you can jump in right now we have another session tomorrow uh, but you can join us really at any time and uh, one of the things we're doing is for 49 days I am doing live on zoom for an hour spiritual practice in the form of prayer meditation kundalini yoga and some other things to make a beautiful practice for us to do. And it's working at the level of the emotions. It's working at the level of the mind. It's working at the level of the physical and our organ systems, our breath, all kinds of uh, aspects. So doing this to be focused, to be alert, to be self-loving, and to dedicate this time to our awakening and to healing our mind about our body. 
So yes, it can be very healing to the body, but why? Because we're healing our mind about the body. So think of the beginning of the course, seek not to change the world, but to change our mind about the world. Seek not to change your body, but to heal your mind about your body. This is powerful work for us to do. Because when we have right relationship with the body, then it's not a false idol. It's not the place where we live, because we don't live in the body. The body is an illusion. It's a projection of the mind. And it has no power. It can be a huge distraction, but it still has no power because love is the only power that there is and the body has no relationship with love. It's not real. It's not permanent. It's temporary. And so many people are in the experience of false idolatry of the body but it is a negative idolatry. Many people have a dislike of their body, and so they have anger towards the body. The body let them down. Uh, Because of the body's failures, people go deaf. They have uh, impaired vision and all kinds of things. Uh, the, the aging process can seem like a betrayal of the body, but none of that is true. It's all a projection, and it's all related to this false idolatry. Idols are but substitutes for your reality. This is something Jesus says in chapter 29, section 8. Idols are but substitutes for your reality. Idols are but substitutes for the awareness that our true identity is in spirit. It's in love. No one believes in idols who has not enslaved himself to littleness and loss. So when we make the body temple an idol, when we make our relationships idols, our jobs, our homes, whatever it might be, our gifts and talents even. We're enslaving ourselves to littleness and loss. I've been thinking about all the Olympic athletes who couldn't go to the Olympics last year and that the Olympics are now compromised this year and how this is... A huge challenge to the ego to reconcile what does this mean? What does this mean about me? Because I would imagine that people who are professional athletes like that, there is a lot of idolatry about the body because there's so much focus on the body. Yet I am not a body. No one believes in idols who has not enslaved himself to littleness and loss. Think of the the person who's very attractive, very beautiful in their youth, and then as their youth fades, they seem to be less attractive. And now, where is their value? So now they're experiencing littleness and loss. Whereas the person who maybe wasn't so attractive when they were younger, now as they're getting older, their compassion shows in their face. Their loving heart shows in their countenance. Their vibration is one of kindness and true insight, true wisdom, not ego and sanity. And so they become more and more beautiful with every day because the outpicturing of the inner beauty is real. 
And that's what we're going for. There we have it. A divine opportunity to see what's real and give up the false. In chapter 9, sorry, 29, (laughs) section 8, paragraph 3, here's more definition of idols. Jesus says, an idol is a false impression or a false belief, some form of antichrist that constitutes a gap between the Christ and what you see. An idol is a wish made tangible and given form and thus perceived as real and seen outside the mind. Yet it is still a thought and cannot leave the mind that is its source. Nor is its form apart from the idea it represents. All forms of Antichrist oppose the Christ and fall before his face like a dark veil that seems to shut you off from him alone in darkness. Yet the light is there. A cloud does not put out the sun. No more a veil can banish what it seems to separate, nor darken by one whit the light itself. This world of idols is a veil across the face of Christ because its purpose is to separate your brother from yourself. A dark and fearful purpose, yet a thought without the power to change one blade of grass from something living to a sign of death. So, false idolatry in all its expressions are the veil in our mind that prevents us from seeing the Christ in our awareness. This is a choice we make. Love is a choice we make. And death is a choice we make. When we choose to worship and adore false idols, we are distracting ourselves from living our holy purpose. That's, that's it, in a nutshell. It means we get to keep living our life without recognizing our divinity and the divinity of all life. It is a form of self-sabotage. All self-sabotage is to prevent our spiritual growth. I have found myself many times in my life caught on the hoisted on my own petard, (laughs) that feeling of being caught in the the spider web, let's say, or, or caught on the edge of the sword, the point of the sword, uh, that is my own false idols, uh, with boyfriends, with jobs, with apartments, with all manner of things, certainly my body. And you know that you're having a false idol healing when you are either gracefully, easily, joyfully giving up the attachment or where it feels like you are really suffering and something is being taken from you. So for me, I have learned the extraordinary value of being able to say to the Holy Spirit when it feels like it's so painful to give something up. I've learned to be able to say to the Holy Spirit, take from me everything that could in any way block my awareness of God's love.
Take it. Take it. Take it. Clear my mind. When I was in ministerial school, I read the books. I don't know, at some point. But I pulled it out and was rereading or something like that. Uh, Joel Goldsmith's Thunder of Silence. And uh, on page 48, there is a beautiful prayer. Joel Goldsmith uh, was uh, originally a Christian science practitioner, and then he did his own thing. Brilliant man, beautiful consciousness. Uh, And this is his beautiful prayer. He says, God, I know not what you are or even how to pray to you. I know not how to go in or how to come out. I know not what to pray for. I cannot believe in the God that the world has accepted, for I have seen the fruitlessness and frustration which follows such blind faith. I must find the God whom no man knoweth, the God that is, the one true God that created this universe in his own image and likeness, perfect, harmonious, and whole, and who maintains and sustains it in its infinite and eternal perfection. In such a God I can believe. Reveal yourself, Father, show me your will. Never again will I dishonor you by trying to tell you what I need and then attempt to coerce you into delivering it. Never will I expect you to do my will or my bidding to be my messenger boy. I place my life, my hand, my being, and my body in your keeping. Do with them what you will, Father. Take my sins, my fears, and my diseases. Take my health and my wealth. Take it all. I ask only one gift, the gift of you, yourself. (laughs) The first number of times I read that, I would just weep and weep. So grateful to be in connection with the consciousness behind those words. So grateful to be in a place now in my life and in my mind where I too am not interested in having God be my messenger boy. That I too can say, take everything. Take my health, take my wealth, take my home, take my life, take my everything. Just let me be present with you. That's what matters. And still, of course, I'd like to enjoy my home. I'd like to enjoy my health. I I haven't got wealth, but I have <laughs> enough, and I'm happy to enjoy it. So, giving up the false idols, that's another way we can say this is how it's done. This is how we give up the false idols. Uh, many relationships that I've had of all sorts... I place them on the altar. I ask the Holy Spirit to make them holy. Let me allow them to be made holy. Take from my mind any attachment I have to having unholy relationships. There is this fear that we have that if we give it over to God, that somehow God will torture us, punish us, deprive us, rob us all these illusions and delusions about our relationship with our Creator. In truth, Spirit is only trying to help us accept, accept, fully accept everything that's already been given. That's the truth of it. Hmm. 
So let us accept the gifts of God today. I am willing to accept the gifts of God today. Holy Spirit, help me accept and recognize and receive the gifts of God that are mine to receive today. Let me assist my brothers and sisters in accepting the gifts of God today. False idols can be grievances, grudges. Don't I know it? Not interested in any of that anymore. Freedom, freedom, freedom. That's what I'm interested in. Hmm. Yes. If this speaks to you, if you're interested in this too, you might consider checking out my End My Self-Sabotage Challenge. It's going to be going on for the next seven weeks. You can jump in right now, even if by the time you listen to this, we're in week three. Come join. It's a wonderful opportunity. Right now, the first week is free, so you can jump in and get that. And uh, then if you'd like to continue, continue on with us. Uh, I feel like I really was called to give a gift to the community, and this is the gift that I'm sharing with you right now. And I thank you for your gifts to me. I thank everyone who's written a review. Thank you. means so much to me. Thank you so much. Your kind and loving words inspire other people to check out this podcast. Thank you also to everyone who offers uh, financial support in the forms of tithes and offerings. If you're interested, you can go to jenniferhadley.com to the donate page. We are a uh, 501c3 nonprofit organization. And also you can go to acimtexts.com and sign up for the text messages and make a donation there. Let's take that breath and be grateful and thankful to surrender all false idols. We share the benefits with everyone. We let the healing be, and so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Mwah.